Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the text from Isaiah, chapter 50, just read. Did you know that Garnier, a health and beauty brand, you can find at Meyer or any other fine retailer, has a line of skincare products that is 90% naturally derived, and they are the first mass skincare brand to receive the coveted cradle to cradle silver certification. I did not know this, but it's true. It is not fake news. I read it while clipping coupons yesterday morning. It was the focus of their entire ad. I was a bit confused with the whole cradle to cradle thing, but I guess as an accrediting agency, a cradle to grave rating of how a product impacts the environment from its beginning, as thought of by someone sitting in an environmentally consciously designed office building, to the moment it comes off your face, goes down the drain through the water treatment process, and comes out in the White River, its end point or grave, that is not too glorious. Cradle to cradle, birth of an idea to its end or disposal, and rebirth. In this whole scheme, something is being sought. It is vindication. The producer-seller wishes to justify, warrant, substantiate, ratify, authenticate, verify, confirm, corroborate, prove, defend, and otherwise support that they are socially, ethically, environmentally, an all-round good player. And you, by the way, should buy their product. Getting a silver cradle to cradle certification is not easy. I researched it. There's a lot to do. Specialists must be engaged to check your progress, to see that you are doing well and getting better. You must be judged, be vindicated in your efforts. Which brings us to our text from Isaiah. In it, we have a picture of the servant in the servant songs. In the verse we have read, verse 4 to 11, the voice is the first person, and it is the servant who speaks, as Isaiah writes, at the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Jews have some debate about who the servant that speaks may be. Could it be Israel, Isaiah himself, or possibly the promised and still future Messiah? As Christians, we can hear the text speak and give witness. Each song paints a picture of the servant, and it becomes clearer with each song that Jesus is the one speaking. The depiction of the servant is one who listens to God, does not turn away, is not rebellious. It describes the Messiah, Christ. Verse 6 reads, I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. Can you see it? It's the passion of Christ. It began right after his baptism when he was taken immediately into the wilderness and tempted. There he rebuked the devil with Scripture, the Word of God. He does not flinch. Now in verse 7 we read, But the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. When was the last time you were put to shame? 
There seems to be a lot of it going on these days, be it a U.S. president, a Supreme Court nominee, someone without the perfect body. Really, if you are someone with a trait that our society wants to call abnormal, you are at risk of being shamed, especially if someone has something to gain from it. It seems the goal is to ruin you at all costs to you personally, and you want to be vindicated, acquitted, cleared, absolved, exonerated, or you want to hide in shame. By all appearance, Christ was put to shame. He was mocked, bullied, vilified, called a liar of the worst sort, a blasphemer, falsely claiming to be God. The price? His life. And not in a simple and expedient way, but on a cross. Social media would not have been his friend as he approached the cross, but he did not turn and hide in fear. Even knowing what was to come, he set his face like a flint. He turned and set his face toward Jerusalem, where death and darkness awaited. Still he knew he would not be put to shame, and in verse 8, he tells us why. He who vindicates me is near. We too know darkness. We know this world, including us, is perishing. It's not eternal, and we'll all pass away. We see it in our own lives as we struggle to earn a paycheck, and then the pink slip comes. Or all is going well, and the doctor's office calls after your physical and says, we want to run some more blood work, and your heart sinks. Perhaps it is more mundane. We seem so busy, we just can't figure out where to start to get the next thing done. We just sort of freeze. The darkness and storm can be a real hurricane, like the one that just hit the Carolinas. Or it can be the sin in our own lives that eats at us and the devil uses to convict us, telling us we are nothing and we have no future. That is why the common term we use for the life cycle of something is cradle to grave. We are being spit upon, beaten on the back, having our cheeks pulled and mocked by people in this failing creation. The result of our own sinful condition in response to doubts and fears will be at times to ask, does God really care? The answers could be many. Stoics who value the development of self-control and fortitude as a means of overcoming destructive emotions would tell us to simply endure. A famous Stoic, Marcus Aurelius, once said, everything that happens is either endurable or not. If it is endurable, then endure it. Stop complaining. If it is unendurable, then stop complaining. Your destruction will mean its end as well. In other words, get over it and buck up. Epicureans, they have no care or belief in an afterlife or eternity where God's or God is interested in human things. They live only in the moment, seeking a peaceful and tranquil life of simple pleasure and absence of pain. They would say, do not become attached to anything in this world and the pain that attachment might cause, because someday it will be all be gone. But life without attachment brings no joy. 
To simply live for today is somewhat futile without deep relationships and commitments. Sadly, many spiritual people, even some Christians, would simply say, pray harder or trust harder. If we find more internal strength, we can get through whatever struggles we face. It is internal and based on what we do. The servant offers another way. He says, he who vindicates me is near. But the servant is Jesus. Why does he need vindication? Why is it important his vindicator is near? For his own sake, he did not need to be vindicated. He is standing before his heavenly Father, was always secure. For our sakes, it is important to find two things in God's vindication of Jesus. One, understand that the root of all doubt we may have about God and his concern for us is in our separation from God after the fall into sin. We are made to be with God in the cool of the day, walking in the garden. As created, mankind was sure of the relationship it had with God and had no worries. We knew we were his beloved because he was with us every step of the way. When sin entered the world, we broke that relationship with God, and now we wonder and doubt, is God really near? Does he walk with us? Like Adam and Eve, we even hide in our sinful condition. The separation from God is exactly what Jesus took upon himself on the cross. Remember the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? His separation was complete complete to the point of his innocent death. Secondly, we should remember that God sent the servant into the world to provide vindication for his beloved. Jesus, fully human and fully divine, allowed himself to rely only on the promises of God's word. As he was tempted in the wilderness, wept in the garden, and cried out that the cup might be taken from him, he knew that he, God, who vindicates me is near. In that, he set his face like flint for Calvary and his atoning death. Interesting, flint, if you do nothing with it, it's a rock. But when you strike it, it creates energy, creates fire, creates spark. And he set his face like flint to reconcile us to God and restore the relationship we broke. The result, God is with us again and walking with us again. And we no longer need to hide due to our sin. The cure for dark times and shame is to remember Jesus, the servant who has walked before you. Jesus had no need for vindication. He is the Son of God, sinless, perfect. The vindication he received was ours because the sin he carried was ours and not his own. We no longer have to doubt because of sin. We can turn to God, confess our sins, and receive forgiveness, trusting that our vindicator, God himself, in Christ Jesus, is always near. Christ, obeying the Father's perfect will, dying in our place, rising from the grave, has done everything. We need do nothing. 
There's nothing else we can do except receive faith and believe in what Christ has already done and is still doing as He prays for and intercedes for His beloved, for us, before His Father, our Father in heaven. Garnier, the health and beauty company, they had to work very hard to get that silver certification. It is the middle one between bronze and platinum. Guess they still have some work to do. I'm still not sure about the whole cradle-to-cradle thing as a marketing scheme. It does, however, fit what we have received as Christians. We are given a judgment and vindicated as having a platinum certification, the highest they will give, with a cradle-to-cradle rebirth. Unlike everything around us, we have already been reborn, and we live an eternal life even now. Those around us do not see it because we suffer, but we suffer and trust in the same promises of God that Jesus trusted. He who vindicates me is near. And that in His, that is God's own time, He will vindicate us before all people, before the whole world, and declare for all to see that we are His beloved children. Within a specified time frame, the people at Garnier will have to be judged again and be recertified. If they lose their certification, I imagine the little logo they get to use on their products and their ads and the statements on products will quietly go away and they will not speak of it again, hiding from the previous claim. As Christians, we are no longer judged. Christ was judged in our place. He was vindicated. And that vindication is ours all the way to the resurrection when we are called home. Even in our sinful condition, even as we doubt, even as we strive to endure the very real troubles with which this sinful and fallen world assaults us, we need not hide. God has vindicated us. Let this rule your thoughts and minds. He who vindicates me, he who vindicates you, is always near. In Jesus' name, amen. Of eternal life in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.